Welcome, welcome, as always, to each and every one of you as we gather together across time and space and place to worship our Lord together. Um, It is good, as always, to be together, and we give thanks to God for the gifts of technology that allow us to connect in these ways and to worship together. Um, One brief announcement before we begin our worship together. I am Um, I ask that we, uh, as a community and a congregation, pray for the family of Shirley Ferguson, who died on Wednesday, October 18th, uh, that evening. There will be no funeral services. The family has elected to not have a funeral service, but we pray for Shirley, for her family, for all of us who know and love her, and we commend her to God Almighty, trusting that she is at rest with our Savior. And we proclaim the promise of the resurrection together in our worship, and we ask that God grants her eternal rest and that light perpetual shines upon her. We begin our worship. Blessed be God, the one who forms us, Jesus who bears the cross, the spirit who makes our joy complete. Amen. Let us bow before God in humility, confessing our sins. Steadfast and faithful God, you have revealed the ways of justice, yet we fail to follow you. We are overwhelmed by the world's violence and suffering. We are afraid to risk what we have for the sake of others. For the harm we have caused, known and unknown, forgive us. For the unjust demands we place on others in your creation, forgive us. For the ways we turn away from you and our neighbor, forgive us. Lead us back to you and set us on the right path. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Beloved in Christ, God's justice stretches beyond all understanding. God's compassion is beyond compare. In Jesus, God is always making a new way for us. In Christ, you are already and always forgiven. Amen. Let us pray. Sovereign God, you raise your throne in our hearts. Created by you, let us live in your image. Created for you, let us act for your glory. Redeemed by you, let us give you what is yours. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Our first reading today is going to come from 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that God has chosen you, because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake, and you received the word with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia, 
For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for God's Son from heaven, whom the Lord raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then Jesus said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The trap that they lay out for Jesus is really quite brilliant. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? If Jesus says, yes, it is lawful to pay taxes to the emperor, he looks like a hypocrite who is endorsing the Roman occupation and the oppression of the Jewish people, the very things he has been speaking out against. If Jesus says, no, it is not lawful, now he is committing treason against Rome and can be tried and killed on this accusation. It seems like no matter what he says, they have him trapped. And they need to trap him after Jesus has just insulted all of them for three parables in a row. But what Jesus says back to them is even more brilliant, and he tricks them yet again. He asks them to show him the coin used for the tax and asks whose image is on it. The answer, of course, being the emperor's image. And Jesus tells them to give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to give to God the things that are God's. Kind of uh, evades the question there, but it brings up a different question for us. So what things belong to the emperor and what things belong to God? Or to, be, or to put it another way, what things bear the image of the emperor, such as that coin, and what things bear the image of God? The coin bore the image of the emperor because it was a reminder that the emperor was powerful and in charge and everyone else was subject to him. It was part of the reminder of the absolute control that he had. The denarius, which is the coin they handed Jesus, was the usual daily wage for a day laborer, and the face of the emperor was on there to remind them that that was what the emperor, who did not know them at all, had decided what they were worth, that this was the value of their life. 
In the face of the emperor was a reminder to the Jewish people that they were not free, that they were under occupation and oppression and must live in fear. The face of the emperor was a reminder to the Roman citizens that from the lowest class to the highest class, they were not and would never be the emperor. And their lives and allegiance were always and ultimately answerable to him. The face of the emperor was to instill fear and subjugation and obedience and a reminder that your life would never be more important than his life. These were the things that bore the image of the emperor. These were the things that belonged to him. And while we may not have an emperor as they did in biblical times, there are certainly things in our lives today that demand our loyalty and our obedience and our life. Things that ask us to conform to their image and likeness, and if we don't, we are considered disloyal. I experience this so much within our political system and political parties. We are told by all sides to be all in. That there's no room for agreeing here, but having a different idea there. It's all or nothing because the other party is the enemy and will ruin everyone's lives. We are asked for complete obedience to the party lines, and everyone who does not agree is an other and our enemy. And now politics isn't the only thing. There are other things in the world that demand our loyalty, obedience, and life. It might be a sports team or our jobs or our own talents and abilities at something. The options go on and on. But they all try to tell us the same thing, that without them, our life lacks meaning. And if it wasn't for them, the world may as well end tomorrow. But the end result of all of this is still the same. The end result of the emperor, political parties, sports teams, jobs, and our own abilities and so on is that they are images that will ultimately fail us. Their power is not forever and the image they want us to conform to is very narrow. They are images that when we place all of our trust and loyalty and identity in them, suck the very life out of us. Conversely, what are the things that belong to God and bear God's image? Well, it's you and I and all people. Genesis and the creation stories tells us that humankind, that you and I were made in the image of God. All people, no exceptions. And when we look at the face of any human being, our own included, we see a sliver of the image of God, and it is powerful and holy. All of creation bears the image of God, the creator who spoke, and life burst forth at God's command. And all that God has created, God called good, and still calls good today. And God loved and still loves all that God has created beyond our comprehension. And Jesus Christ bears the image of God. Jesus, who is God, became a part of God's good creation and put on the image of God that you and I and all people share in. He became as human as you and I while still fully retaining his divinity and brought the kingdom of God, the image that God longs to transform the world into down to earth. And in the kingdom of God, there is no insider or outsider. All are welcomed and loved for who they are. There is no such thing as an enemy. 
In the kingdom of God, all are fully known, and God promises that our lives and the lives of all people are indescribably precious to God. In the kingdom of God, the end result of it all is life. Life for you and me, for all of those suffering, and indeed the whole world. And Jesus brings us into this kingdom by his cross, the cross which transforms anything that brings death into life, the cross which is big enough and powerful enough to transform and redeem emperors, political parties, sports teams, jobs, and our own frail abilities. Because all of these things, and indeed all things, belong to God. All things have come from God and all things will return to God. Death and shame may belong to the emperor, but life and salvation for you, for me, for the emperor and the whole world belong to God in Jesus Christ. And this promise was given to you in your baptism and remains with you this day and always. You have been created in the image of God who knows you and loves you. You've been created in the image of Jesus Christ who redeems you, and you are sustained each and every day in this promise by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We will sing together the hymn, God of Grace and God of Glory.
together in trust and hope, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And gather together into one across time and space and place by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray together as our Lord and Savior taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. God is at work in you. Thanks be to God.